What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Laser Source Podcast, the number one podcast. If you are interested in watching TV, LETV is back. Woo! It's a big deal. That's good. Yeah, I like this one. <laughs> there it is. So, yeah, LETV is back. We have editors now, which once again Ready. has been game changing. And so, Jessica right now is literally actually going through episode by episode. She's chopping off all of the intros, like everything, even like the cold opens, like just chopping way down, like with a chainsaw, and then chopping off the credits and outros of everything, putting a little stamp on it and like sending it basically she's actually recording new audio for it it's yeah. a lot of pokemon sound <laughs> and since it's picture in picture everything's being exported at 720p and so i've had some ideas i want to talk to you guys about those today in between questions when we get questions but yeah it's it's pretty cool kyle and i have kind of been working on a system let me see if i can find the document really quick that i kind of i did like a draft of it's called the letv guide you remember like the tv oh, guide dude yeah. oh dude yeah. so the letv guide will essentially make it so that if you're watching letv and you see an episode it's not the whole episode and it doesn't have all the links and stuff in the description and like all the extra information so if you want to see the actual episode you just click this like handy little code and then everything like you go you go to like a page and you can just find the code and there's a link to the full episode which is pretty cool can i say i'm a little disappointed though why i thought it was going to be like the letv guide where it would be like like drama, like, you know, like tabloid stuff on the front where it's uh. like, this week, Boyce's skeletons are revealed when we find his bow tie from Diana. <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe, maybe when we're a little bit bigger. Yeah, uh, let me see if I said. can. I don't know if it's oh. going to even let me share my. Nope. <laughs> StreamYard cannot see my new monitor either, which is like really disappointing. So here you go. So basically, up in the top corner here, LETV guide code, Rev004. So all you do is you open the LETV guide, you <laughs> scroll down to Rev004. It'll be in alphabetical order, super easy to find. And you guys know these codes. These are our internal codes we use to like track episodes and playlists and things like that. So you'll just find this code and then click the link and boom, you're at the episode that that came from from having been watching LETV, which is pretty cool. So we've been we've been working on this for a long time. Kyle and I had a lot of bugs that we needed to smash with this uh, to kind of get things rolling in a in a nice way. And I'm I'm pretty stoked about where it is right now, which is awesome. Speaking of smashing, smash the like button while you're Yeah, please do, please do. So um Miranda was talking to me and she's like, there's a big problem with LETV, and that is that since letv is live all the time it's always running people don't get notified when we do shows like this when we do shows like if they hit the notification bell they don't get a notification that this show started because they've already been notified that letv is live so once again you guys remember laser everything else if you remember laser everything else you've been here for a long time i was thinking of just like an letv channel that just runs 24 7 and then it wouldn't just be oh love says that uh she was notified so that was good still uh yeah miranda i i <laughs> I was kind of toying with the idea, and we can do this here locally at Laser Everything or on a separate channel, but I thought it'd be cool to have like Laser Everything talk radio, and it's just like the podcasts, like mm. shuffled, you know, or like Laser Everything, you know, workshop TV or Laser Everything, you know, uh, just and like have like different channels depending on like the type of laser everything content you're in the mood for. And of course, like the general laser everything TV will be there just kind of playing random stuff. But like, if you are in the mood for something specific, I thought it'd be cool to have like a couple different channels that you could like 
flip through. What do you guys think of that? By the way, guys, we're talking about this all for the first time. I haven't talked to these guys about this at all. Kyle and I have been kind of working in the dark on this I project. I think it'd be cool if I could have Kyle's voice in my ear just reading like laser ma instruction manuals where it's like, next, like go for it, Kyle. Oh, muted. Muted. Wow, that's how soft his voice is. Somebody muted me. Not me. You you get that already, Matt. Ew. You do okay, get that already. Me. It's true. I have, I have one suggestion for another channel. is just laser everything. Ostomies.com. What is Emergencystop.net. That? Yikes, that's true. Miranda says, Miranda still got notified, but a lot of people gave feedback that when we ran LETV before, uh, they, they weren't. Maybe they fixed yeah, it. Yeah. You, so, two uh, problems. Uh -huh. Yep. I'm in trouble with mom. Uh-oh. So, oh, yeah, cats. that's that's it. That's That was the title card, I basically just rattled that off in six minutes so i don't have anything else to share about that unless you guys have anything that you want to talk about about letv but that's kind of what i had on my plate and uh, one of my big projects i've been working on lately it, it was so close to being thrown back up i just wanted it to be done so we just kind of hammered it out over the last couple days and got it done you guys shoot some commercial spots to throw in there too yeah we have a couple we have a couple I old can ones totally do some great commercials but yeah no, no we've we've definitely got to add to that for sure especially with the volume of content that's going to be appearing on it that'd be classy and fun i was doing a very slow poor job of re-exporting videos for letv when i had to do it all but now that i've kind of sicked that problem on jess they're like banging out really quick so we should have like a nice fleshed out library really soon i'm just picturing the commercials right now where it's like oh hey there i didn't see you ching <laughs> 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 yeah some weird crap like that when i was trying to jessica had some questions about how i wanted the episodes edited down for laser everything tv and the first thing that came to my mind was have you ever seen the tvs they have at the gas station gas pumps <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's like basically, that. you know what I mean? Like that. I was like, hack it with that, like, with a chainsaw, hack it to pieces, take the core stuff, stitch it together, and throw it out. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen Frankenstein? I want yeah. that as a channel. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. So, yeah, I don't know. That's Laser Everything TV. That's the update. That's what I came today with. So, hopefully, you guys came with something because I came with that. I, I, have a, I have a reminder. If you want a giveaway and you didn't see an email from me, yeah, you better respond to it. Or you're going to be giving up your prize. Yeah. What's, what's Check your emails. We can. It depends on which giveaway. Some of them have already passed. Some of them have not. Check your emails, please. Check them. Lose. I don't. I don't want you guys to miss out on something that you already won. Yeah. True story. Ooh, I've got something I could talk about. Ooh, what's up? Let me go to the website for a second. And it actually, because also, I started. Also, screw you, boy. Boys, when we were recording emergency stop yesterday, boys was like, "Oh, well, I can't talk about that because that's work." He said that like three times while we were recording last night. Now we're actually doing laser source and boys is like emergencystop.net yeah. <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> he is all messed up here, here, totally here, there, there. <laughs> okay so i will share my screen and so basically I, I just scrolled up to the top of the the things since we i you know i didn't see them all but i saw this one um and it says just got my 80 watt moped from sfx today it worked the Word. way for sure quality seems way better than the omtech 30 watt and then et said alex did a preview of the S fsx and got high marks all the way around a really good machine and great support so the reason i thought that would be cool to share is because i have been working with amanda on the website to look at the reviews and so i feel like it's just something that doesn't get talked about a lot i'd love to show that off so amanda does an awesome job like i'm super excited i get to work with amanda because i've always heard the name and it's, she's just like this mysterious figure behind the scenes making everything just work right she is so it's really cool that i got to meet with her and talk with her and so i'm helping her so alex already did all the heavy lifting but if you guys have never been to the 
website or I can see that you're using light mode on Windows, you animal. Yeah, well you can actually see all of my reviews that I'm working on up here too. So let me just get all this crap out of the way. So anyways, we got the resources. So here's all the communities that we have that we're overlooking, the links and downloads the buying guide. And so this is where the reviews go. So basically where the videos are, Alex has scripted all of these out. And if you've never seen them, the one that just went up today that he was talking about was the SFX 60 watt. And so this is where it's really cool. So if you're someone who likes to read things instead of like listening to them, like I'm a visual learner. So sometimes I process stuff better and I understand it better. You got the product description, the prices that are, uh, that it is currently a link to the actual machine. If you want to take a look at it, the summary of the entire thing. So if it's like the two long didn't read right there it's got all of the numbers so if you look at this this is you're absolutely right et said that it got great scores all the way around it's really nice because you got a nice visual representation of the grades and so really the biggest thing was the fact that it cost a lot of money but if you read the review that's where it says it's turnkey ready and also the fact that it had all of the cost is up front so there's no extra fees it's shipped to you in amazon within a couple of days which actually i need to go back and put that as a pro yeah that's a big one yeah and so that was one of the things actually I, I got to fix that. But anyways, so cool thing is you got the video review. So if you were reading this far and you're like, hmm, I want to listen to it, video review right here. Again, something that takes you to Amazon so you can actually take a look at it and see when it would get to you. So for me, if I wanted to buy this, when would it get here? Wednesday. Oh my God. Which is crazy. So like, a, well, not this Wednesday, but a week away from me. So that's still pretty good for a stateside. Um, and then here's everything. And I'm not going to make you read it all because it's a lot, but it is that a lot. was my job. But yeah, that was my job is to go through and dig it out and put it up here for you. Eventually, I think we plan on adding some screen caps in the text amidst the text to provide like visual references to things that are talked about in the text which i haven't done yet that's my bad but it's on my list of things to do so it won't just be a wall of text uh, it'll be more like a tech review that you'd read online at some point which is kind of what we're going for and another thing i'll point out too is that it's not just going to be copy and pasted scripts from videos we've already done there are things that we've gotten that we just can't prioritize to be a video that are going to get written reviews looking at you kyle where it's just like we we literally don't have the time for like some of these smaller things like little gadgets tools extra things or whatever but we want to be able to do a review on them so those reviews will go up in the written review area of the website and you won't ever see them on the channel i mean we might like mention that they're there or something kind of in passing or on the podcast but checking back on that review thing again now that we have editors we have more time to be working on resources like this and that's what i think this is is a, a great resource we are going to be adding to that written review section of the website in a big way that you might not see on the actual channel itself. Yeah. And the good news is I'm on top of making sure it all gets done. So like I'm that annoying person who's like, Hey, Hey, yeah, Hey, that is your job. Hey, 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 Zoom in. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, I know. <laughs> now I would never do something stupid like that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but, anyways, yeah. it's the, I, it's the, I saw a question i don't know where that came from but we'll do that one first we appreciate your in-depth videos and streams you all play around with uh you all play around the clock at the shop nice we love that however we need help solving a mystery annealing and sealing how on a jpt 50 watt fiber so we have a dope video about that miranda linked it i saw it in the chat but the trick with annealing is if you're just annealing, you're not doing anything else. You want to make sure that you are not ablating the material. The second you start to cause pitting, right, you're giving a place for moisture to go and that's going to 
make things rust and corrode. So when you're annealing, if you can feel it, if you close your eyes and you run your fingers along it, if you can feel it, it's not annealed. Doing that kind of a heat pass where you're heating up the surface of the metal can help slow rust and corrosion on marks that would have otherwise been left raw, I guess, if you want to call it that. So if you do a super deep engraving in steel and you just leave it, and then you do a super deep engraving in steel and you run an annealing pass when you're done, the one with the anneal is going to rust slower and corrode slower, right? It's not a bulletproof thing. It's It helps. Uh, you know, you'd want to get like something properly polished and blued or like treated or, you know, however you'd want to, I'm not a metallurgy guy, but however you would go about like kind of resealing metal against the elements, that would be the appropriate way to do it. That said, in my experience while running my shop, I didn't have people come back with corrosion complaints after annealing deep marks on, you know, less corrosion resistant metals. So that's kind of the long and short of it. That said, definitely go watch the, I think, it's called how to engrave and anneal steel very straightforward the principles in that video will guide you through doing those kind of passes and, and that kind of mark on any kind of ferrous metal uh, not just steel works great on like titanium too and a, a couple other metals as well so that would be where i would start and you can always take it a step further with uh oiling too right every video has that i think <laughs> as a uh an additional additional layer yeah oh yeah oil yeah you oil that sucker i tell people to oil their like when i do knives when I, when I engrave knives for people especially like collectible knives and things like that i tell them oil it once a year or if it comes in from outside that's kind of the rule that i give or uh my customers when they're coming through anyway would you consider covering dot peening machines in the future or is that something outdated what are what is that i don't know what that is i'm guessing it's like manual engraving on plates i'm googling it Oh. Yeah. It it's just another type of engraving. It's like it's like a punch machine. It isn't completely out of the question, but it's unlikely in the near to medium future. If the channel like explodes and we've like three million viewers and I can hire more people to start getting into weird things like three D printing and, and like that then maybe we would tackle like some different kinds of equipment like that but for now probably going to stay laser focused for the foreseeable future i don't even know if i would call it outdated i don't think it's necessarily outdated i think there's a specific use for a tool like that different technology different use case yeah different use case for sure especially in like manufacturing right i feel like you're going to see a lot of that just based on my quick google search probably outside the scope of what we're doing here for now but that doesn't mean that's out of the question in the future Willie Sims, has anyone installed an RF source? Is there any kind of timing system I need to set up in a gantry system? What do, you, what do you mean by like timing system? Installing an RF source should be fairly straightforward. You need less to do an RF source than you would need to do a glass tube. Especially, I mean, the big thing you're gonna lose when you move to an RF system is going to be that offset adjustment. You basically don't have to do that anymore because RF tubes can actually fire fast enough to keep up with even high speed, a stepper motor gantry systems so you basically can just cross that whole thing out and you don't even need to worry about it anymore and of course you're losing your chiller setup so you don't have to worry about that anymore and they're significantly smaller than glass tubes usually it's kind of bizarre when you see those big cases and you open them up and there's like a little rf tube inside and it's kind of odd the one thing i would definitely be checking is just your power supply make sure that you have a power supply rated for the rf tube that you're installing make sure it's level with your gantry uh, that might take some fedangling if your case was built for a glass tube and hey appreciate that thank you so much thank you man that was not a hundred dollar answer but we appreciate you supporting the channel for sure it's like go hire somebody yeah rf <laughs> tubes should be a fairly 
straightforward install though i i i would be mostly concerned with the power supply uh just make sure that your power supply and, and your power in general is done correctly you know phased correctly voltages are good you're sending the correct amount of it's not just like a pop the glass tube out and pop the rf tube in you definitely need to look at like some data sheets and compare because i'm can almost guarantee you there's going to be some differences and the other thing remember too you get a lot finer uh and more consistent beam quality with an rf tube but you are going to lose cutting performance so just a heads up that is a thing uh, if you cut regularly make sure you oversize your rf tube a little bit to compensate for the loss in cutting power because that is a that is an issue or not even an issue but just a downside i guess a con to owning an rf system so e2 laser said good place to source trophy and plaque brass plates and that's what I was digging for. I was gonna say, uh, custom engraving plates. Yeah, Mark over at custom engraving plates is uh, is the boss of that kind of stuff. Got all kinds of stuff here: brass, laser engraving plates. Super inexpensive, every size you could possibly want. Ton of different materials. Some of them are even like doable with a CO2 laser. I think it's got that like special top coat. So depending on what you're looking for, look through it. Give him a phone call. He's got you. Do we have a link for that on the on the buying guide? It is in the link section of the website, I believe. So I think that's under resources links. I was going to say JDS is another option because I use JDS for all of my stuff. Um, this is exactly the kind of stuff I tag in because you can buy them for like 75 cents. But that means I got to buy like 150 to get the free shipping and all that stuff. But they're the exactly like this little guy, like the little test piece that I bought. But long story short, this is a really cheap piece, but it's really nice. Uh, so yeah, so this is the uh, like enamel coated piece basically. So I just kind of found my test settings for it. And this, I think it was like four bucks for this little guy. And it's actually like six inches by two and a half inches. And so nice brass. And if you mess up the, like the front, you could basically practice all along the back. So that's pretty cool. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> she did say that. Uh, but the other thing is, um, so by the way, this is a great idea, again, because I work in schools and I work with schools all the time. I saw the, I'm not kidding you when I tell you that the people who make yearbooks, they do nameplates for them and they charge the school $5 per nameplate. And the kids, I think, pay like 10. So basically the school will make $5 for every nameplate they sell. And when I saw them, they used a drag bit to make them and they were awful. They looked mm -hmm. like trash. And because the person who runs the yearbook knows that I do this, she was like, hey, can you make some for like my editors where it says the kid's name, you know, the school year, the name of the edition, and then what their position was. And I was like, sure, no problem. Other kids around the school saw theirs and they were like, how did you get that? And they're like, oh, well, you know, Miss So-and-so paid for these. And they were like, we want those. So next year, she's already told me she wants me to do, uh, by the way, there were 185 kids who got these. So if you charge five bucks a piece, I mean, it literally is just the variable text function. It's just a moneymaker. So yeah. I, did you mention that we have a stellar video on that? Because we have a stellar video on that. We do have a stellar. I, I mean, clearly I didn't because you stopped me before I did. I don't but, know. Uh, just saying. <laughs> but the other thing too is you can get all the different ones. So this is again where you could go to that website that Kyle talked about. Or you could like, I mean, there's all kinds of fancy stuff you can do. So if the school wanted something special. But reach out to schools, man, because that's where you can get your foot in the door with little $5 jobs that blow their mind. And then the school makes more money. You make money. 
And the other thing too is when I made those plates for her last year, she was like, wow, I didn't realize you did this kind of stuff with lasers. That's great. And she ordered all of her um, awards for her students for this year. Long story short, I think is like a thousand dollars worth of work just because I made like 50 bucks worth of like, you know, dollar engraving plates. So reach out to those kind of people at schools, read the article that I talked about in, or that I wrote about in uh, laser focus magazine. And it tells you all how to do all that. It's free. Yep. Shout out to Robin. Robin. What up? I just did my, uh, catching up with the cover with Robin. So I think that's going to be in the next issue. She's like, what's going on? I'm like this. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, I've been I've been looking for this because I saw it early on and uh, I lost it and I finally found it. What would cause my 10 watt Atom Stack S10 Pro to randomly cut off if I use 100% power? Could be power supply. If the power supply pooped out, you also may have actually burned out the diode if you're persistently running it at 100% for a long period of time, multiple times. So if you're doing like large batch runs of just cuts for hours, that could definitely kill it. There was also like, do you guys remember that problem Chris had with the Atezer where it would just like yeah. randomly cut out? It was like a grounding issue or something was shorted or whatever. And he replaced the oh. pre-brick power cord, like the actual AC power cord that goes from the wall to the DC adapter. He replaced that and that's what ended up fixing it. So maybe just try swapping cables. You never know, it's unlikely, but you could get lucky on something like that too. If it's something like a power supply though, it's gonna be more of an issue. Yeah, then you basically have to order a replacement it's, it's like a wall work for a laptop almost. Yeah. King Michael asked, what type of laser is the X-Tool D1 Pro? It's a diode laser. We have a full review on it. So if you want to see what it can do and what we think of it, it's overall it did pretty well. Uh, it scored pretty well. Go search the channel. I, I'm sure one of these guys will get you a link in a second. It, it was a good, it was a good machine. They're a little expensive, but they're nice enough. Software is a little, mm, and uh, the marketing's a little, but if you know about those things going into it, it performed pretty well and uh they're definitely useful they have their uses for sure and we do our best to show that off and that was actually his next question that he talked about i got a wisely fiber laser should i keep the x-tool diode for certain projects oh yes what materials would the diode laser do that the fiber laser doesn't do basically when people are going crazy and they're buying up machines uh and they're i'm talking them out of upgrading and throwing away their their old machine to get a new one when it comes to diode lasers diodes are amazing at detailed work on organics so you know wood stone leather things like that if you're trying to do detail work on those materials really small details like photos or really complex vectors things like that the diode is going to outclass the fiber just about every time on that uh, especially in like the photo world when you can get those tiny little dot sizes over like huge areas because those those uh, diode lasers have like, you know, especially the X-Tool, like a 400 by 400 bed. And you pair that with the super high organic resolution that you're getting from like a diode laser spot size. You can do incredible work with that, that the fiber laser can't even touch. So you, there's definitely room for both of those things on your shelf. Uh, and I would, I would be keeping both for sure. So this is an interesting question. Scientific Duo said, how about removing paint on PLA without discoloring the PLA, which is the plastic printing for those of you who don't know about it, the 3D printers use PLA with the fiber laser. So basically they printed something made out of PLA, spray painted, it and now they're asking about removing the paint so like to me i think if i was going to do this with a fiber laser i would probably use a 300 lens or whatever the largest lens i have is i would probably try to defocus it just a little bit like two to three millimeters and then like up or down doesn't really matter but 
then I would also make sure I used a higher frequency and start with lower power because that should wipe away, almost like tickle the pain away. And that's probably what I would do because fiber melts PLA really easily. If you have, I know you probably don't have a UV laser, but that's probably the best tool for it because you could actually discolor the PLA. You can take the pigment out of it with the UV, which is pretty cool. Basically, it like knocks out the pigment and changes it to a white or a black or like it marks it basically. The other thing I'd mention, if you have a MOPA, shorten up your pulse width like a lot. Drop it down. Yeah, yeah because that black is going to, the black paint's going to do a really good job absorbing fiber laser wavelength regardless of your pulse width, but the PLA is not. So if you can, you know, standards around 200, 150 to 200, depending on your source, if you can get that down to like 100, you would see a substantial difference. So if you have a MOPA, that would be an excellent use case for those features. So I would start that, you know, low, low pulse width and then like a medium to high frequency and start playing with those values a little bit. And you could probably unlock something that'll get the job done for you too. Um, and by the way, the reason I know that is Kyle and I worked on the LMA, which by the way, if you're not a member yet, it'd be a great opportunity for you to go find stuff like that out and use the search bar to find that kind of stuff. Cause literally there's so many questions that people have asked that are great questions. And the, there's been discussions like we've got three or four people over there. Vince is always over there. Al Fernandez is always over there answering great questions, doing a terrific work, helping people out before we can even get to them. It's like, God, they're so fast. They're so smart. So that's one of those things Kyle and I actually answered for somebody too before, but that could be really cool if you can get that going. I think I have one here we might have missed. Harlan, 30 watt Galvo, fiber Galvo. He's trying to do wood. Any suggestions on speed, frequency, and power? He's got it good with the CO2, but it's something that won't fit in a CO2 cabinet. So fiber is in the right tool for the job, you're going to end up turning the surface into charcoal. If you wanted to give it a go, some people can get results depending on the type of wood, the moisture content, the surface finish, and if it's like oiled or anything like that. My recommendation would be get something like the Alfaro Laser 1. It's like 120 bucks or something like that, but it's super duper cheap. It's a cantilever design and you can literally just take it and just set it on the thing that's too big to go in the cabinet. You just take the whole diode laser and you just put it on the thing and you can do your mark within that space. Check the work areas. Some of them are really small. The Alfaro laser one only has like 180 millimeter square work area. So it's, it's tight. But you, if that's, you know, if you need to do something bigger, get a bigger diode. You know, the laser master three is out now. Great machine. Also inexpensive comes in around like 500 bucks. I think they have an LE version, which is like their like light edition that just goes like a little bit slower. It's basically the same thing. It has the same exact laser module on top of it, but diodes are great for that too. Also to kind of come back around to King Michael's question, keep your diode, <laughs> please. They have uses. It's so nice to be able to pick an entire laser up and just put it on the thing that you want to mark. They, they kind of, it's almost a joke, but if you look at early diode laser advertising materials, they'd often show them on like wood floors marking the floor you know what i mean and they don't really do that anymore but like back in the day it was like you can just put this on a thing and just mark it you know it doesn't need to go inside anything and that's a great advantage to having a laser like that so i would i would really seriously consider just picking one up the cost is incredibly low compared to the equipment that you already have and it will enable you to do an entire new like subset of materials and things that are too big to go in your other machines. That's a short answer, versatility. Having the tools to do more things equals more money in your pocket. If you couldn't go that route and you had to use the fiber, it's going to be a lot of power really slowly, really tight, low frequency, and 
be prepared for it to light on fire or be ruined. Yeah, I keep a lot of air on that if you can. Some kind of like air hose or the ass end of a vacuum, anything, a PC fan. Just try to like blow air at that in a pressurized manner. If you have like a an air compressor with a gun, like just sit there and psh, you know what I mean? Keep that cool. And then MOPA is going to be very, very helpful for that. In this case, you'd wanna go the other direction from plastic. You'd wanna get like a nice, big, chunky pulse width. You really want to send a ton of energy down into that wood in order to get it to mark in, in like, you know, pulses rather than overlapping because overlapping really tight line distances starts fires on organics with fiber it absorbs all that heat and it eventually starts to ignite all of a sudden rather than yeah and large pulse widths are less likely to do that and achieve a similar effect so again if you have a mopa that would be a handy time to uh take advantage of some of those features i don't know if you guys have ever seen my cat this is my cat never have in my entire life i didn't even know you had one yeah his name's samson he's old he's like 15. He's my boy. He's my buddy. Well, Samson, what are the benefits, if any, of a water-cooled UV or versus air-cooled? Right right now, please. Right now. You don't have to worry about <laughs> the air-cooled ones freezing in the winter and cracking and getting damaged. Water cooling is substantially more efficient though. Yeah. That's that's kind of so if you if you are buying this for like some kind of like heavy commercial or industrial application and it's literally going to be firing all day every day, I would probably consider getting one of the water cooled. I'm not saying the air cooled isn't going to do the job, but you're going to put a lot of stress on those fan motors and they're going to wear out over time. It's just a whole thing that you don't really need to worry about with water-cooled units. So there are reasons to get water-cooled units. I'd say most people in our audience that we would talk to on a day-to-day -day basis should probably get an air-cooled machine, but there are benefits to having a water-cooled. It's not just an outdated way to cool things. Uh, they're, they're substantially more efficient. They probably cost less money to run in the long run. Uh, that's a guess, but I'd probably say so. Compressor and pump uh, over like actual spinning fans, but another benefit too is sound yeah oh my god they're so quiet yeah compared to and you think like a you think a, a an air conditioner compressor and a, a little box is loud man you gotta pop on the uh the old co2 galvo listen to that train run through your house that's a machine that should only be sold water cooled <laughs> they barely get away with sticking fans in that thing in general there's like 50 server fans in like on top of those rf tubes they really are and they're, yeah and they're always i mean like i'm sure some manufacturers are doing something about it but there's like no pulse with modulation they're just you turn it on and they're at 100 percent until you turn it off it's a drill press for lasers <laughs> what it, the only other thing i would say to consider to not really benefit but just something to consider is the fact that it's more shop space that you have to give up yeah. and it's something else that you have to take care of oh yeah footprint is huge and it's a point of failure. And I know that obviously the air thing could have the fans go out and stuff like that. But it's one of those things where a lot of times I see people who are like, my, my laser won't fire. I don't know what's going on. And it's just because the signal detection part down at the, the base that connects to the actual chiller breaks or doesn't uh, register or whatever. It's one more thing to kind of take care of. So it's not really, and by the way, it's not hard to take care of it, but it's just one of those things to consider and think about that you forget about. To me, it's just like, it's kind of what all these guys said, plus that. There is no perfect perfect answer you just got to pick the pros and cons that fit your circumstances we got uh for mopa do pretty do you pretty much leave the pulse with that 200 for most things as a generic use case 
most people do if you have a, a machine that has an adjustable pulse width. Most machines that don't have an adjustable pulse width, at least for JPTs, are right around 200 pulse width. For Max and Rekus sources, they range anywhere from like 100 to 150, depending on the frequency you're at and which source you have. But 200 is kind of like our ballpark get started setting. 200 is what we base our education on. So anytime yeah. that we're teaching you how to do something, if we don't specifically mention a pulse width, it's 200. And that's going to apply to the largest number of people. If you're somebody who bought a fiber laser, a MOPA fiber laser to work on plastics and 95% of what comes through your shop is a synthetic, that's not going to work for you. You're gonna need much lower pulse widths very regularly. But for the vast majority of people, you're gonna to wanna to be right around 200, 99% of the time. Got two things real quick. So the first one is Laura said, can we talk about Alex's sweatshirt? It looks amazing. Can we have a full view please? Uh, so this is, this is Luna. Uh, Luna is my like imaginary crush, my, my character crush right now. It's from Hell of a Boss. If you haven't seen Hell of a Boss, it's free on YouTube. If you haven't seen Hell of a Boss, it's free on YouTube. They just came out with the second season. I have Luna stand-ups, a little acrylic standees here. Here's Angry Luna. Look at that. Fanboy. Here's Angry Luna and, oh, dude, hard, hard. As hard as you can go. I also, no. here, let me see if I can. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> um, also, I have, let me see if I can switch my camera over really quick. All of these over here, those are all my Luna pins. So those are all enamel backfilled pins on the wall, on the frame right there. Luna is Bay, and if you haven't seen Hell of a Boss, you should go watch it. It's really good. Put it's it back on by, camera A. It's done by a really small team. <laughs> what? What's wrong with camera B? You don't like camera B? <laughs> I'm tired. looking at the side of your ear hole. <laughs> uh, weirdo <laughs> anyway yeah that's uh that's luna this is my third luna hoodie and there will be more i have a couple t-shirts too the second one was willie said damn matt you look blind as a bat without your glasses you do. i know you I, look keep blind I can only count to three look at this i can't even see it like my god bob richardson still waiting for light object vids or anything showing legend da -da -da, coming out yeah soon. uh one of our editors is exclusively working on special projects like that that would be michael uh and michael is about to wrap up the first it's not the legend uh, the machine videos where we like explicitly look at and overview and highlight the machines are going to be the last things that get unpublished or that get published so there's going to be a little bit of a wait for those but he is cranking through the light object content the next one coming up is the uh, spt versus jk glass tube comparison and how much of a difference a beam combiner makes in your power output on your beam. So we use their tube testing lab and their super sophisticated like wattage measuring equipment to measure the power of laser beams to prove that beam combiners do reduce your overall beam power. It's a really cool episode and it's coming out super soon. And then we've got a couple more things coming out and then the machine videos are gonna start coming out. So the machine videos are last, but they are coming. Will a CO2 rotary work with a fiber laser? The short version is yes and also maybe. It depends on what driver is in the rotary and which driver is in the CO2. If they're both the same phase rating, then they should work with each other given that the end connector is the same. So for instance, I believe the Aon laser is a six-bin aviation connector, but it's a two-phase motor, right? Whereas like on uh, an OM Tech, 
a two-phase would be a four-pin, which is standard. Now, you could potentially adapt that six-pin down to a four-pin because I believe two of the pins are jumpers to switch it from the Y to the rotary, but... Yes. We go we go into depth about that on the review of the Mira 9. We talk about that. Whereas on a fiber, you're normally going to see either a three-pin or a four-pin. A three-pin would be a three-phase. A four-pin would be a two-phase. And on most... I would I would say majority of CO2 lasers you're probably going to see two phase. I think the majority of the lasers are two phase period. I I think three phase is a lot more uncommon. I don't know why that is. I was going to say I know the other piece of advice too I would say before you drop a thousand bucks on a rotary or even 500 call the manufacturer and say, hey, I have this laser. I'm sure Pyburn or Rotoboss, if you t- uh, they have people who you can literally email them pictures of the back of your uh, laser device and see it, say, hey, here's what I've got. Here's what it's looking like. Can you tell me whether or not it supports it? And most of the time, because other people have had these questions, they, they probably know that answer and can get you that quickly. So it's a, it's a really simple thing. Reach out and communicate specifically with the people that you want to buy from because one brand may be able to help you where the other can't. And that might be the the deciding factor for you. Here's a good point, uh, case in point too, just between two different lasers. My Wisely came with a D80 rotary and my Makira came with a ring rotary. And on the back of the Makira, I have a serial port instead of a standard aviation connector. But what they were able to do, because they're both wired to be two-phase, they were able to just make an adapter so that I can use a little short little pigtail to convert when I want to use two-phase rotaries with the Makira. And I got another adapter for the Wisely so that I can use the stupid, you know, serial connector if I happen to get other ones for some reason. Etsy asks, can you upgrade a 40 watt to something like a 60 watt by changing the tube? Same answer as going from a glass tube to an RF tube. You're going to have to check your power supply is really where the issues are going to stem from. You want to take a look at the... Why is it that every time I open my mouth, Matt starts laughing? Because I'm reading the chat and it's funny as hell. Oh my God. (laughs) Um... Check your power supply. Also, from 40 watt to 60 watt, I don't know what machine you have a 40 watt tube in, but if it's something like a K40, you're probably going to need to extend your capacity because the higher wattage tubes are longer physically. So you'll want to make sure the tube fits. You need like one of those little extension box kind of deals that you'll see on some machines. Most CO2 lasers are not overbuilt with power supplies in mind for people to be just randomly upgrading the tubes. So there's a very high chance, even if you're changing from glass tube to glass tube, if you're changing the wattage requirement of or the wattage output of the tube, the physical dimensions are one thing, but you will very likely need to change the power supply. Little 182. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> That's a good one. Cody (laughs) Uh, says, I've been through all the rotary videos and banging my head because I cannot for the life of me get it to work right. All of my settings are exactly what I had in my old software. What is your new software? Is this like a light burn to... Or an easy CAD to light burn jump, or like an RD works to light burn jump, or a light burn to easy CAD jump. Where was the change? And uh, what machine is this on? And what are you trying to engrave? Those would be my follow-up questions to that. If it may be a simple answer, it may be an extended answer, and you'll I'll have to push you to Discord, Facebook, or LMA to, to get an answer for that. But either way, we'll be able to help you. But I am curious for a little more information so that we can explore that a little bit. So if you can dump that in uh, chat somewhere, that'd be... That'd be awesome. Oh, this is actually a good point too. Um, this is why you should call the place and also look at your uh, the rotaries that work with your machine. So I think Thunder Laser uses three-phase rotary. I noted that when I was looking at machines. And also, I think there's certain machines that are getting made now that they're working especially with 
Rotoboss and Pyburn. I think Pyburn's working with Boss Laser the last time I checked. And are they with Aeon also? Uh, and then Rotoboss is working with Thunder and I think something else or might be coming out soon. But anyways, it's one of those things where some of those only work with certain ones. So just make sure you know that. I am busting through chat because, uh, and you guys can keep uh, looking for a couple mop-ups really quick, but exciting news. You came here today, which means you get to participate in a laser everything giveaway. We're giving away some stuff <gasps> today. Yes. Uh, but it wasn't we, in the thumbnail. I know. I didn't tell anybody because oh. I wanted to see who was going to come without advertising. We were giving free stuff away. So, all day. Here we go. There it is. Hey. Oh. You guys are going to win some stuff today. Get excited. To Matthew. Matthew Hamas. What's up? $10 Ooh. Cloud Ray gift card uh, for you, sir. Ooh, E2 Laser Yay. takes it by a millimeter. That's $20 Cloud Ray gift card there for you, E2. Michael Dias, ET Laser Works. It e was it was oh, worth yeah. having your family think you listen to weird K-pop because you just won $10 to Orter's website. Cube being cracked. Ten dollars to Orter. Chad Pvoy. All right. Twenty-five dollars to Uku Chardwoods for you, sir. If you guys haven't already, please consider leaving our podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really does a lot to help the show. Uh, we've gotten some actually like really nice heartwarming reviews on there and a couple funny ones too. If you haven't already read them, you should probably go read them while you're leaving yours. It's the best thing you can do to help us out for real. Don't forget to smash the like button. Everybody else know the content is good. And don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you get notified the next time we go live. You never know when we're going to give stuff away. We're going to come at you from the shadows like f***ing Cloud Ray Ninjas. And uh, listen, if you're tired of work and you need a break, go check out emergencystop.net. Give that a listen. We just uploaded a new episode. It's called Octovarian because apparently some men think that women have eight ovaries. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that, uh, with that, but uh, that's a fact. So if you want to hear more about that, go check out our non-work show over at emergencystop.net. That's all I've got, guys. Keep an eye on Laser Everything TV. We got a lot of new stuff coming. Check your email if you won. If you don't check your email, Kyle is not going to give you your gift. You need to read the email and write back to him. You need to respond to all the things. I think that's all I've got, guys. Enjoy LETV. Leave some feedback. Go smash the like button over there. And we will see you in the next one.